Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Something from the Cellar. A chance for us to revisit some of our vintage conversations that reside in the White Wine Question Time Cellar with almost 300 episodes in our back catalogue to choose from. And this week we're revisiting three people who have all resided in arguably reality television's most famous house. Yes, Big Brother is back on air. It's a legend of a television brand, namely because of the people that entered through its doors and emerged as victorious winners and show favourites, the people that created the water cooler moments. And where better to start than with the man that won it not only once, but twice, and then even went on to host the show. Yeah, step forward, the most decorated Big Brother contestant, Brian Dowling. Kate Lawler was on recently and we had this chat about Big Brother and we were, we are talking about the most different of times, you know, no social media, um, you know, the idea of phoning to vote for somebody was a very new concept. I mean, you won, you won the first Big Brother with over 4 million votes, over 4 million people in your fan club, Brian, that is nuts. I remember finding out, and I said this recently to someone that the votes I got, I think it was 4.3 million, more people voted for me to win Big Brother than elected Tony Blair to be prime minister <laughs> in the general election. And I thought, hang on a fucking minute, could I be prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> could I? <laughs> could I do it? Back then, Big Brother was still a social experiment and people genuinely cared. They wanted me to win. They paid the one, two pound, whatever it was, 
you know, to vote. Yeah, they had it wasn't cheap then, was it? No, they had Big Brother parties. They, like, I still meet people now that talk to me about Big Brother 21 years ago. That's how amazing the show was. Yeah, because people can still sort of, it's almost sensory, like you can still smell it. You can still remember rushing home for the live shows or that, you know, everybody would have Big Brother parties, just like they had X Factor parties. You're part of something that goes beyond what's happening on screen. It's happening in people's homes and they connect in ways that you'll never know because how can you possibly be connected to four million people? I said that but to my were. I said it to my nieces who were so don't eat, the three of them are eleven. So they've no idea about Big Brother. But I explain it like what you said with X, X Factor. I say, you see how big X Factor is and how famous those people are? That's what it was like for me back in the mm -hmm. day. And they go, Wow. Yeah, it's an I mean, like, reaction. you have been someone who has more than moved the dial when it comes to driving conversation and change in education around the LGBTQ plus community. And in 2001, when you entered the Big Brother house, you'd only just come out to your family two days previous to that because you knew that it would unfold on television. And then weeks later, you emerged triumphant, you know, victorious from the house. And you said, I'm Irish, Catholic, gay. And I'm chuffed that people in Back Island have backed me. I mean, you really were, you were in unknown territory because actually the fear was that you would be rejected hugely because of your sexuality, which brings us to a whole kind of series of firsts that you then went on to crash. You know, the first gay man, arguably, to win a popularity contest on that scale, the first gay television uh, presented for children's TV when you took on SMTV Live. You and your husband were amongst the very first couples to get married in Ireland after they legalized same-sex marriage. And you then went on to have the first all-male pairing on Irish television with Dancing with the Stars. I mean, you are a change maker, Mr. Dowling. Well done. Like, it's so weird because going back to Big Brother, I was 22 years old when I went on that show. I'm 44 actually next week. So it's 22, so half of my, my lifetime. And I remember being afraid to tell my parents that I was gay for fear of them disowning me. I think it's an insecurity in anyone that is coming to terms with their sexuality. And I knew I was going to be on the show, whether I last a week or two weeks, there was no way I was going to be able to pretend not to be myself. And I feel there was two versions of Brian Dowling. The one that was working at Stansted Airport and Ryanair that was fully out, and the one that would come home to my mom, my dad, and my six sisters in rural Ireland, an hour from Dublin in the country, where we had no idea what gay was. We had no idea what homosexuality was. There, was. there was nothing. There was nothing on television shows. There was no pop stars. There was just nothing about it. And I remember my sister told my parents two days before, and I rang her the next day and asked her how did they take it. And Michelle said, oh, they were, they were fine about it. And I went, really? And the next day I came off a flight from Italy and I rang them from the crew room at Ryanair and I said, I'm gay. And my mom asked me, was I trying to be fashionable? And I thought, no, because that, that was just her reasoning. And then we said, we said goodbye. I spoke to her one more time the morning I was going into the house and that was it. And then those nine and a half weeks played out the way they did. And for me, looking back on it now, I go, I was lucky I was so accepted by the voting public in England and in Ireland because I then thought, well, my parents have to be okay with it because if this is a popularity contest and people think I'm great and they're voting for me to win, my parents will accept me. 
and I forgot all about winning. I forgot all about the £70,000, which I won, which is a life-changing amount of money. I remember walk, I remember leaving that house. I don't remember the fireworks, people, go, things going off. And Davina was pregnant at the time. And then I remember embracing my mom and dad. And that was the first real embrace of who I really was as their son. And that was this out gay man. I turned 23 on the show, but it really was, I get goose pimples now. I was, was like, but this is who I am. You've witnessed who I am. And that hug to me meant so much because it was genuine. There was no more hiding, Kate. They'd seen every angle of me, 24 hours a day on E4, every night on Channel 4. And we've, we never, ever had a conversation, apart from that one time on the phone about my sexuality. It was never, ever brought up again because I was totally embraced and accepted. I did say to my husband recently, if I had left the show first, would my parents have accepted me? Who knows? But Big Brother, in a sense... <laughs> have you ever asked them that? No, well, no, I, can you imagine? I'm, I'm afraid to go there. Um, but I just feel that <laughs> Big Brother completely helped shape my, my, my whole life, my career. I, I'll be forever grateful to that time of summer of, 20, of 2001. It was phenomenal. I always think it's afterwards. I, I remember leaving the show and then thinking, fuck, what have I done? Because my life had changed so dramatically from in nine weeks. All it had taken was nine weeks. By the time you left the house, such was your popularity. You had to have close protection security. I, I mean, how camp is that? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like you're, I don't know, like you're a movie like star. Like I'm Britney Spears. Like you're Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. I remember Tony was one of them, there was two of them, and I had this gorgeous silver Mercedes that was at my disposal, and they were with me constantly. And it was, it was too, obviously the fear was, as even though you're popular, that some people also may not like you and what may happen. But also because I've been locked away for nine weeks and mental health wasn't a thing back in 2001, I think that Channel 4 and Endemol were very mindful to make sure that our transitions back to normal life were as easy as possible. But I mean, it was amazing. They'd carry me in and out of clubs, through the kitchen, paparazzi chasing us in and out. Like it was so camp. It was so camp. <laughs> but did it, did it fry your brain? Did it play havoc with your mental health? What was difficult was I remember leaving the house and we got invited to all these parties and red carpets. I did not want to do any of it. And I had a boyfriend at the time that I kept secret from, from everyone, from the show. And thankfully, we, we, I kept that secret the whole way through the nine weeks and afterwards. And I remember we were playing tennis on Clapham Common like a week later and the security guards were our ball boys and they were getting like, and everyone else was on red carpets. I just wanted to get on the tube. I wanted to go to the cinema. I wanted a bit of normality. But I remember when I'd be on my own walking around and obviously people would come up because the show was such a big show. It would throw you because... I didn't know how to deal with people that wanted to say nice things. I didn't know autographs. And, you know, back then it wasn't camera phones. It was the windy of pictures or, you know, the, the disposable cameras, all of that. Yeah. It, or going into bars and then encountering people who said I was a bad role model for gay men, that not all gay men are effeminate or camp. So it's just, there was, there was a lot. And nothing trains you for that. And sometimes I would just not want to go out because of it, but also I was working quite a lot, thankfully, at that time as well. 
But I, I remember 2001 like it was yesterday. Those memories will, will I'll remember forever because they were just so bizarre. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Next up, 21 years ago, she went on to win the third season of Big Brother. She's still all over our television screens and airwaves now, and quite rightly too. A Big Brother legend is Kate Lawler. After Big Brother, there was a huge rush of jobs and work, and then that kind of dried up by the next series, and then you're like, what am I going to do now? And I, I took it upon myself to learn to DJ and did that for a few years. But my family and friends were really pushing me to stay in London. They were like, don't go to Birmingham, we'll miss you. And I'm like, I had to do what I thought was best for my myself, my mental health, my physical health, my career. And so I took that leap of faith and moved to Birmingham and started working in radio and dropped the DJ and became the wholesome version of myself that I knew was inside me all along. <laughs> no, but I'm really glad I did. I'm you really... found your inner avocado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I basically dined out on avocados for the next four years. Got a dog, you bought a house. Yeah, exactly. But Kate, you know what? That is a, I mean, that's an extraordinary sort of, chapter in your life mm. and to walk away from it that shows real resilience because like you say you know if there's a lot of partying going on people very very rarely want to leave the party because you know if you're if you're getting yourself in all kinds of messes and pickles there's always a reason to keep staying there's mm. always oh let's just one more one more night or you know and it becomes normal not to go to bed yeah and it becomes you know and that dj lifestyle is it's tiring I mean, gosh exhausting the traveling you know, you're you're going yeah. from one city to the next, maybe even one country to the next. Um, and it's just, it's late nights. Your set's at one in the morning. Your set's at two in the yeah. morning. You know, you're not... Well, the more successful you are, the later you go <laughs> on, you know. Yeah. I mean... So true. 
I've done it. I have done a gig sober, but it's just not the same. Like it's it's a strange experience when you are playing to two thousand people who are all drunk, high, whatever, hands in the air, and you're like, it's it's hard to get on that vibe. Like you need at least mm. a white wine or a vodka soda light. Do you know what I mean? You need one drink to just yeah. to just loosen up. But also it's the timing and the travel. And just, you know, living out, you know, living out of hotels and not eating well. It's messy. It's messy, yeah. And it was not sustainable. And I knew that if I carried on doing this, I'd either just, like, end up, you know, I don't know where I would thought I would end up. But I, but it was a big life decision to move to Birmingham. And it started, it started my career in radio. And I actually think that it paid off. Oh, big time. You're brilliant on the radio, Kate. And you know what? I Thank think you. as well, I think you exceeded so many people's expectations because of the reality TV tag, the Big Brother thing. Yeah. You're fabulously funny. You can keep any conversation moving. You have a magnetism about you that, that travels into people's ears on the airwaves. And you're a bit of a revelation. And, and when somebody like, you know, Chris Evans, you know, thinks the world of you, he's, he's a bit of a don in the old broadcast world. Yeah. But yeah, it is, you know, and, but you know what? You started, you started at the bottom of the ladder. You moved to a new city. Mm. You did the unpopular shifts. You learnt your craft. And, and not a lot of people do that, Kate. Mm. Yeah, and I, like you said, it's, um, there is that tag as well, the expert, you know, the presumption that because you are on a reality TV show that you couldn't possibly know how to DJ or you couldn't possibly yeah. like rock music. I remember I started at Kerrang! and they were playing heavy metal, but they were actually changing their remit. So Kerrang! magazine is just metal, death metal, like ska, like punk, everything rock and roll. But Kerrang! radio, when I went there, they were starting to introduce bands like Stereophonics, Oasis, Coldplay. And it was a real battle between the magazine and the radio station. So like, these aren't in line but actually, I really liked the music, but I was introduced to bands like Foo Fighters, who I'd never even heard of. I couldn't believe it. But I, I they become my favourite band. But I got so much abuse on text when I first joined, going, you're from Big Brother. You don't like rock music. You play. Oh, that was it, because I was DJing at the time. They were saying, well, you DJ techno and house music. You can't like rock. And I thought to myself, what a narrow-minded opinion. Like, how can you say that because somebody DJs a certain genre of music that they're not allowed to like another genre? You know, I so I had to shake off that because it was like, well, because you DJ house music and techno, you don't like rock music. When I genuinely did, like, the first album I ever bought was Oasis. What's the story in Morning Glory? I loved indie. I didn't necessarily like rock music. But, you know, I grew up with rock music. So I, it was it was kind of an education being at Kerrang Radio. But I had to shake off that tag. And also when I learned to DJ, you know, a lot of people would come to clubs expecting me to play like S Club 7 because I was in Big Brother and they didn't realise that I was about to drop the dirtiest, disgusting, ear-bleeding, nose-bleeding techno set and I, they would be terrified of what I was DJing. So it was quite hard to shake off the Big Brother. <laughs> I'm not going to play all commercial house. I'm just going to go for what I, you know, what I believe in. Um, but yeah, like... It's quite nice though, isn't it, to defy people's mm, expectations of you? Yes. Because quite that. often all you can do is impressed because they're not really expecting much in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much been the story of my career, to be honest. <laughs> but isn't it great? I feel like mm. it's such a, it was such a moment that I feel really like proud to be part of because I feel like mm. at that time it was just the, the height of reality TV. We, we were like, it was a national obsession. Shows like Pop Idol, shows like Big Brother. It was a national obsession and it was the start of the reality TV era. And it was just great to be part of the beginning like the you know the the inception of that yeah. wasn't it like we it just I look oh, back with yeah. such fond memories and there was a time where I, I felt a bit of oh shame that I was on Big Brother but it's come kind of full circle now that it's 
You know that it's kind of it's 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 vintage now. Whereas I think in two thousand and five, oh, yeah. I was a bit like, oh gosh, I was on Big Brother. I don't know why I felt embarrassed, but like I look back now and just think, wow, what a t- what a time that was. But I think it's only now that you can look back and reflect on like what a moment we were having mm. as like a country with the reality TV that we were putting out. Like it was fantastic because there was nothing else like them. That's why it was exciting. Like no. now. Don't, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to pop at any of these shows. But when something like you know Starstruck comes on the telly or like The Masked Singer, they're exciting. But like it, you don't get that wow because it's it's kind of like rehashed versions of shows that have already been on. There's not that, yeah. even though they're all unique in their own way. There's just not that feeling like that. No, I mean Big Brother was yeah. different. It really was. And you had to, also it was a non-streaming world that we lived in, so you had to yeah. be home to watch Big of Brother. Course. So you'd leave the pub to go home. There was and no watch social Big media. Do you know what I mean? Everything that happened, you nope. would read about in the paper the next day, or Heat magazine, or yeah. OK magazine. Yes. And it was magazines, papers, no internet, really, no phone. We only had phones for like nope. phones and texts, uh, calls and texts. But it was yeah, that's why it felt like such a great, oh, nostalgic period of my life because it, life was yeah. more simple back then and. Um, yeah, you're right. It was an event. You had to be home. Yeah. Yeah, you had to be home. It became part mm. of your day and part of your then all day conversation. Did you see it last night? But also, I think a lot of the tasks were things like, you know, just watching you organise the shopping list. <laughs> there was nothing cynical about it. There was no, it wasn't, it, it wasn't done to engineer friction or tension. It was just a bunch of bored people trying to order food. I know, it's crazy, month. isn't it, what people used to watch? And it was like the time where they'd stream 24 hours a day on E4 and you could watch us sleep. And people used to come up yeah. to me after Big Brother and say, I watched you sleep for about three hours. And like, you weren't even doing anything, you were just asleep. But I'd still watch the live stream in case anything happened because I was so obsessed with your series. It's mad, isn't it, that people would watch a bunch of people yeah. on telly sleeping. But we used to do it on Pop Idol. I did the ITV2 show. And it was really rushed to air. Like, no, we'd never done a show like... There's never, there'd never been a spin-off show before, right? And then I think Pop Idol had been on air six weeks and it was really big. And I get a call, and Simon Fuller, Simon Cowell, ITV, going, right, we're going to do this Pop Idol Extra. And I was like, what's it going to be? They're like, don't really know. We're just going to just wing it. So basically what it was was 12 hours a week of me walking around with the film crew in the rehearsal studios or after the shows, literally just, just walking around going... We're going to go over to Mike Dixon at the piano now. He's uh, just warming up Darius. And we just watched that for about eight minutes, then come back to me and I go, oh, Gareth's having a coffee. Gareth, how are you today? And then we did Honestly, it was pain drying, but people watched in their millions. Yeah, I loved the extra shows. You always wanted to see what was going on. Sometimes they were better because you just, you felt like you were just getting behind the scenes gossip that you couldn't get anywhere else. It was unbelievable. You could you had access to these people, but only via the telly because there was no social media. So, yeah, such good yeah. times. Uh, sometimes, in some ways, it was sweeter times, wasn't it? And last but not least, a woman I consider a friend who never in a million years would I ever have suggested would A, want to go into the Big Brother house or B, would have won over the public because, frankly, she can be a little bit grumpy and a little bit miserable. But you loved her in your millions. It's Carol McGiffin. What are the ones that, just give me two or three that, you've, that you think, yeah, I was right to do a U-turn 
and changed Big my mind. Big Brother, I absolutely had the I had a whale of a time. You loved it, didn't I you? I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I th I had the easiest three weeks of my whole life in there. And do you know why? No phones. No phones, yeah. no computers, no news, no nothing. It was the best holiday I ever had Isn't in my whole Isn't that scary, life. though? Being because watched 24-7. Yeah, yeah, and also... I know, I hate being watched. I hate all that shit. But, it, you know, it's a job. It's a job. It was a job. So Big Brother is the one thing that you're glad you, you said you'd never do. Oh but my did god, anyway. I'm so glad I did it. I'm so it it facilitated me not working for at least a couple of years. Did it? At least. Jeez. At least. So the, and the, the rest. The best bit about it was the money. No. Yes, it was, obviously. And I'm not no, I'm not gonna lie so about really, that. So really it paid you enough to take two years off and think about what you're gonna do and move to France. Well, well actually no, that I was didn't when have you, a choice. You I was ill. Well, yeah. I was ill. So it, it, it gave me the luxury of not having to think about having to work while I had no hair, while I had, you know, while I was looking like, you know, a skeleton and a ghost and everything else from having chemo. I didn't have to do anything. I could retire to my brother's house in the country um, in Kent and mm. do absolutely nothing. And that's exactly and that's what you the did, way I it? wanted to do it. And that's exactly what I did. And it allowed me to do that, which was, you know, which was great. I wasn't worrying about money. I didn't have to think, oh, I've got to go to work. I've got to buy a stupid wig. And I did buy a stupid wig. And I only went out in it three times. I saw you in it. I saw you both in it yes. once. Yeah. And it was Linda Bellingham. And Linda Bellingham didn't actually notice I was wearing a wig. If that's whet your appetite for more Big Brother chat, why not head over to the back catalogue where you'll find episodes with former Big Brother residents waiting for your listening delectation. We have former champion Denise Welsh in there, former host Emma Willis, Claire and H from Steps who both walk through those hallowed doors and who can forget Les Dennis and his chickens. We'll be back on Friday with a brand new guest. Until then, thanks for listening. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.